Welcome to a special recording of the Benzo Rehab Dungeon. Um, I'm Michael Deebs, as always. Uh, joining me today is uh, Jacob. Um, we met through the, uh, the Instagram, and uh, we will be discussing uh, apostasy today, um, deconstruction of faith. Uh, uh, not sure exactly how we, we're going to structure this conversation, but I think... Um, what we'll what we'll first do is kind of go through our backgrounds and, and maybe detail our, uh, our our walk away so to speak um and how you know the the differences of of our backgrounds uh played out and and how we uh we we left and and what the the impacts of of leaving uh faith were for us maybe um jacob goes by uh gender neutral pronouns so i'll be doing my best to respect that but uh, if i screw something up i apologize in advance because I'm, I'm not terribly good at that kind of thing um admittedly uh so uh jacob would you like to go first on kind of talking about uh, your your background and uh, your i can go first too it's uh it's up to yeah. you yeah so are we just running through uh the religious aspects specifically or like how broad demographic are we going uh you can go into anything you want um honestly i think there's it's, it's kind of all-encompassing uh yeah this this subject. um sure yeah so i mean like my i grew up catholic um middle class uh dad observant raised in the roman catholic church mom converted when she married him um and went to Catholic grade school then kind of just like, I mean, like very early on, like was just like, yeah, it just doesn't make like, I just, not even like this doesn't make sense, but like, yeah, I just don't feel it. Um, <clears throat> and that's, you know, keeping in mind that you have daily religious instruction and then weekly um, mass at the very least, maybe two times or more, depending on how often you go with your family. Um, but yeah. And then, I mean, like also, you know, for me, there's a certain degree then, or like more in like junior high, high school, there was a certain alienation of like, well, the Roman Catholic church and religion says one thing about, you know, sexuality at the time was the main concern. And then also just, you know, like, um, even aside from like sort of dogmatic, uh, issues, um, you know, just thinking about kind of um, the degree to which the church as an institution has been responsible for just, you know, any number of kind of uh, Crimes blemishes. <laughs> yeah, blemishes on humanity. I was going to go milder, but yeah, crimes against humanity, um, you know, from justifying, you know, the North Atlantic slave trade to, you know, complicity with you know the third reich or whatever the fuck you know like there's just any number of things which like 
Yeah, um, uh, there's there's been a, a weird uh, political neutrality that that's been tried to like that's that is tried to be like maintained by the church, but then you know it's it gets associated yeah. with the Third Reich and <laughs> the Crusades right. well, and all these other very political sort of uh, yeah. Uh, and I mean, this is kind of jumping ahead a little bit, but like part of the thing too is you know like the Vatican as an institution and like these just the the very real central and global institution of the catholic church is something mm -hmm. that you know like historically like plays into anti-catholic sentiment in the united states um which also you know would have been sort of compounded with like a waspy disdain for you know um Spaniards, Italians, etc., sure. like people who, or, or Irish, you know, people who, by you know, concurrent racial uh, sort of uh, color tests would be considered white, but back then would have been sort of like racialized others. For sure. um, yeah. But yeah, I mean, like, and then now, like, I just kind of like I, I tend to describe myself as kind of culturally Catholic in the same way that like. You know, it's more widely said that someone who is like a secular Jew is, you know, culturally sure. Jewish, like, which it, granted is, is pretty different considering it's like the, the specificities of Judaism versus uh -huh. Catholicism. Um, but yeah, I mean, like, I tend to go to bat theologically or dogmatically kind of for c Catholic um, claims in the context of like debates like within christian thought i guess mm -hmm. um but i don't it's like i don't have a dog in the fight like i don't for sure you know yeah yeah it's for me it's purely just about kind of like arguments about divinity like that um a catholic might make versus a protestant but that's pretty much it yeah, so I think that's maybe a good uh, way for me to segue into kind of my background because I think I had a much different um, uh, response, also involvement in in the church. Uh, I grew up Protestant, a very evangelical church uh, goer, mm. um, non denominational, but Baptist by every term uh, essentially. So you know, they they said, "Oh, we're a non denominational church," but you know the the practices were were incredibly baptist um yeah so you know you you got a lot of speaking in tongues and uh right the, the laying on of hands laying on of hands which uh, factors yeah. into my cool story um so i i was uh, i was very active in the church uh up until i was about like 15 or 16 uh where where i kind of had like a falling out of faith um moment uh, I grew up in a, in a very religious family that had a lot of uh, uh, issues with like abuse and, and uh, that sort of thing. Um, so I had always kind of relied on, I think partially I was relying on the church as like an escape from, you know, my home life. Um, mm -hmm. Even though my parents were involved in the church as well, but you know, I was always going on mission trips uh, and uh, you know, extracurricular activities, that sort of thing. Uh, and, you know, I, I actually had a set of keys to the church um, because of how involved I was with, like, events set up and, uh, you know, running running different programs and stuff like that. Um, 
so it was i think it was about 15 or 16 i, I started to question uh the validity of you know some of the things because i i was very very studious uh, as far as the book <clears throat> was concerned you know and i started to notice you know certain inconsistencies uh, um in uh i guess between you know uh, there's obvious inconsistencies between the old testament and the new testament but like factual inconsistencies like hey this this text says so and so was born on such and such day but you know later on the the bible says that they were born on a different day or whatever and so i started mm -hmm. to question like i i still very much believed in in uh the the religion um but I started to question whether or not the Bible was like the inerrant word of God and not uh, right. not not just, you know, something that was written down, had a lot of really good values to it, um, obviously had the inconsistencies between the Old Testament and the New Testament on what, like, you should do with uh, gay people or uh, right. or you know. disobedient daughters. Right. Yeah. <laughs> so so, you know, like uh, it, that that always kind of gets hand waved away like well jesus changed all that you know we're good now we're covered by the blood of christ and you know I, so i always knew that there was inconsistencies but i started to really question you know what the uh the the background of those inconsistencies were whether or not the, yeah. the bible was a text that was written uh based off of like current political expedience rather than um yeah um, you know, or even like well there's just the historical matter too of the old testament like so much of it just being sort of earlier mesopotamian absolutely mythology yeah. reworked and and that's not like i don't say that as like that's not a value judgment no against it it's just a historical fact and you know like i guess part of my problem too in this i think i i've had this negative experience more i think with protestants specific when I, frankly like I, most of my negative experiences aren't even with mainline Protestants, you know, like, let's be very clear about that. It's yeah. with evangelicals because evangelicals are a special blend they of sure are. <laughs> uh, stupidity, frankly. Like I just, the, the, yeah, I, in a really wide sense of the term, but they yeah. in particular are so hostile to any sort of historical evaluation or hermeneutics yeah. of the Bible, um, and instead, it's—I mean, to, to to your phrase, it's political expediency. I mean, especially the way that it's been, you know, uh, in the states, just kind of the um, ideological outreach arm of the GOP, and the GOP is the you know a sort of institutional, you know, thing. Like it, it's a cart and a horse situation there i think like mm -hmm. you know kind of which is driving and which is uh just being kind of yoked along but i mean it's definitely a matter of um complicity and like Absolutely. pretty concerted efforts um and you know obviously the catholic uh church isn't innocent there considering it's kind of unholy union with uh you know pro-lifers of all uh um sectarian stripes yeah and it's not like you know historically the catholic church hasn't been involved in like every war in europe for <laughs> sure yeah exactly yeah no i mean yeah plus you know the holy roman empire like yeah. they're and and just like the birth of roman catholicism as kind of like just late 
imperial religion for sure. um, in Rome. And again, it is a question of sort of political expedience. Um, but yeah, anyway, I sort of like sidetracked. No, the... no, no, that's fine. Um, so yeah, that, that's uh, not, not a bad sidetrack because it kind of plays into what kind of happened. So I, I, you know, you were talking about how evangelicals are a special kind of stupid. Well, my church was very evangelical. Um, and, you know, I, I had always had disagreements with, with uh, the foundation of, of, like, my church in general. Um, mm -hmm. So, you know, the, the mission trips I would go on, I would never go on the, like, door-to-door, -door, hey, we're going to tell you to worship Jesus mission trips sort yeah. of thing. Um, I always went on the mission trips where, you know, we were building an orphanage in a, you know, yeah. a country that, you know, wasn't as well off as we were, stuff like that. I didn't believe in, you know, just handing a book to uh to a bunch of poor people and like telling them hey you just need to believe in this and you'll be fine you know there's obvious mm -hmm. I, I i always had a very i would say like baby socialist mindset um kind of mm -hmm. growing up like because if you really read well it's like it's growing the kingdom i mean yeah yeah not just pretty that, sort but, of but, right uh, you know i just understood that that jesus essentially was was kind of a communist in some ways um, mm, sure and, and there's there's no legitimate reading that you can do of the new testament without seeing that the guy that's telling you you know don't sell your wares in the church uh give bread yeah. to your neighbor take care of people who are sick and, and hungry you know um I, I i would really challenge anybody who doesn't believe that jesus didn't have some kind if real or not real but uh the mythological character of jesus um was a co communist or a socialist somewhere in there uh maybe not believing in in state-run communism but certainly you know uh person-to-person -person sort of anarcho-communism i guess um which again though is like just kind of a historical thing or in an acts not an accident of history because i mean no accidents but like in the sense that like as a political force, you know, there was this kind of galvanizing of, um, you know, colonized people yeah, in Palestine, you know, uh, sort of rejecting older institutional Jewish authority and Roman colonial authority. Um, I mean, there's, yeah, there's definitely a reading there where you can say, okay, yeah, like, this is an early kind of historical um, moment where we can imagine emancipatory politics um, mm -hmm. without kind of, I mean, it, it, part of the thing though is just like it, Christians tend to support, regardless of evangelical or Catholic, ultimately come down on the side of just sort of a, a rigid adherence to institutional authority. Um, it's just that for Catholics, it's the church. And then for evangelical, it tends to be the nuclear family and like the ethnos. Um, I mean, I don't know, like I, yeah, I, that's maybe jumping into the weeds, but no, no, that's fine. Um, yeah. Like I said, this is a conversation that's kind of all encompassing in a lot of ways. Um, so yeah, what I what I eventually did is, you know, I kept digging into this thought that I had that uh, the the Bible wasn't inerrant, and then I started looking into the things like you know the Council of Nicaea, 
um, mm-hmm. where <laughs> the uh, the church, uh, I guess the papal authority, kind of was told to round up every Christian you know document and uh, decide what was canon and what was uh, what was falsehood, and they they literally burned anything that they thought was falsehood. So right. know, there's there's a bunch of like missing early Christian doctrine. And so, you know, I started wondering, you know, whether or not a lot of what uh, what made it through that process was, you know, because I, I knew the history as a Protestant, I already had like sort of a, a negative view of uh, the, the Catholic Church institution mm-hmm. uh, because it's just kind of bred into every Protestant. It's the whole the whole name Protestant is the protest against the Catholic Church. Right. right? Um, so, you know, I started wondering, you know, whether or not knowing, knowing kind of the, the history of the Catholic church and, and how all that went down, you know, whether or not a lot of what made it through in the Bible wasn't, uh, again, political expediency for the ruling powers at the time, you know, I, I've always had a mistrust of authority in that way. And so, uh, so I wrote this, uh, because I'm this kind of person, I wrote this, like, I don't know, four or five page essay on it and, you know, started like. I, I published published it online. I was running a blog at the time, like a, a Christian blog, and um, mm-hmm. I, I've always been a very terminally online person, I guess. Yeah. <laughs> so yeah, I, yeah. I published that, and uh, I, I guess maybe I had forgotten that uh, several members of my church uh, followed that blog, and um, mm-hmm. <laughs> you know, so they they got a hold of it. They uh, they started raising concerns with the uh, the church council, like, hey, you know that you have this blasphemer. Uh, that's got keys yeah. to the church and running all these programs and going on mission trips with us and stuff. And so uh, there was a, there was a huge, huge falling out. And like, it was very devastating in my life. Cause this is like, you know, my entire social circle was, was collapsing on me and my parents were very upset about it. And, you know, I had shamed them. I had shamed the church, et cetera, et cetera. So uh, what, what ended up happening is, is me as like a 15, 16 year old kid, I got sat down in front of the pastor, you know, like, there was there was like almost like a, a an announcement about it at church and then like everybody laid on hands and stuff like that. And we're talking like this is like a hundred, hundred and twenty people, you know, like yeah. uh laying on hands to like cast whatever devil out of me that, that had taken over my, my soul. And then, you know, after that I had to sit down with a pastor and he uh, you know, this fifty year old man who's been preaching for his entire life against a sixteen year old boy that's just kinda like figuring things out and isn't quite mm-hmm. sure what you know what's up or down at this point and you know like uh having a stern talking to about how i needed to change and how i needed to trust the word of god etc cetera, etc cetera. um so i kind of rescinded some of that uh and then you know kept on trying to be involved in the church but like obviously i burned a lot of bridges in that moment i think <laughs> uh, mm-hmm. so you know I, I was no longer welcome at some church functions and uh I was no longer a, a deacon as what I was. Um, and a deacon is just like a steward of the church sort of thing. Yeah. Uh, so they, they took that away from me. They took away my keys of the church, of course. And not that I was going to abuse the church in any way, but, you know, I, I was so involved in the church that I just needed keys to the church so that I had, had access to, uh, you know, all the event setup stuff and whatever. So they, they took all that away from me, and I was feeling very rejected, obviously, and uh, it was a very traumatic moment for me. Um, looking back on it now, it's kind of funny, but, you know, at the time, it was it was like a, a life-ending event, you know, and I, I was very suicidal uh, from it. Um, 
so it wouldn't be until like a, a couple years later that you know as, as i started to i also ended up getting kicked out of my house uh for for different reasons so you know i was homeless mm. as a 16 year old for a little bit and kind of couch surfing amongst a bunch of friends and trying to figure out how to you know stand on my own um and uh yeah so when i was when i was uh 20 and you know i had managed to like secure a footing and i was going to school and stuff like that and then uh when i was 20 i joined the marine corps and uh being that far away from from everybody i used to know i started to like you know kind of rediscuss the the christian faith in in my head and eventually you know realizing how much damage it had it had done to me mentally um you know i became a very militant atheist i think <laughs> uh, yeah, you know, yeah, I was, yeah i was listening to you know hitchens and sam harris harris and, uh, yeah uh, dick dorkins the usual suspects yeah, the, the yeah. usual people you know and i'm not too ashamed to admit this but you know i believe the whole four horsemen of the apocalypse stuff you know like um mm -hmm. with with those guys and you know i've had a fucking you know computer background with all of them looking cool and shit and <laughs> yeah but but yeah i became Damn. a very very militant atheist because of, that's like such a special moment of like early aughts internet culture too though yeah, it's just yeah, like no, and that's i the... mean especially just like our atheism you know like right i just am the like the uh i am euphoric copy pasta you know yep, like yep, yeah so you were you were on the ground floor there yeah no it was it was it was the, the it was that special time and yeah. i was going through you know this this big uh this big momentous change in my life and so the thankfully like i was able to resist a lot of the like right-wing hateful rhetoric that they were also spreading um yeah right and and that sort of thing um and and i you know by, by the time i'd spent like a year and a half in the marine corps i was already like oh fuck i don't i don't think i agree with this anymore <laughs> um, mm -hmm. but i have a five-year contract so this is gonna be a fun you know three and a half years um, right yeah so I was, I was able to resist a lot of the right-wing rhetoric because i i saw how dangerous it was and i was like well you know that's not cool to to hate people based off of their religion yeah i think religion's evil but you know if you truly care about people, you're not going to like, um, call them evil, horrible, despicable right, creatures yeah. because they, they well, and especially if you're already, if you're already going through a crisis of faith and you kind of have a natural like predisposition to be sort of like contrarian, I guess, or not just immediately snowed by authority, then like, yeah, it makes sense that you would have that kind of like, oh shit moment with you know <laughs> nationalist like jingoist bullshit yeah and, and the, the, the reason i joined the the marine corps um was partially because i was uh, uh i'd lost my job i worked in the the building industry uh, and it was 2008 mm -hmm. um so mm -hmm. that that job obviously fucking like went away um and so i was kind of like bouncing around like grocery jobs that didn't really fulfill me in any way and um even though I was kind of falling out of my faith, I, I still believed a lot of the, cause you know, I'd grown up my whole life. My parents would watch Fox news. And so I believed sure everything that I had seen about, you know, like we're, we're over in Afghanistan and Iraq helping people, um, which mm -hmm. obviously I disagree with that now, but, but I had joined yeah. out of, out of, you know, still having that, that root in, in the Christian uh, right-wing conservatism. Um mm -hmm. 
and so you know it, especially after like my first deployment I, I deployed twice um thankfully non-combat roles both of them but my first deployment when i kind of you know got got the uh, the ground view of what was going on over there um i i definitely i i completely stopped believing in in the war at all uh and i was also questioning my faith a lot and i was you know I had some pen pals, uh, some friends from, from back in the States that I was talking to a lot and um, kind of going over these these questions that I was having about faith and whether or not I believe in it anymore, having arguments with some some old Christian friends of mine, et cetera, et cetera. And so <clears throat> by, uh, shoot, when did I get back? So I got back in 2011 for my first deployment. And like, yeah, I just had such a, completely altered uh, view of the world after both of those things that I became extremely militantly atheist because I thought that, you know, Christianity was just the worst thing that had ever happened in the world. And, and that any kind of religion or spirituality was, was inherently evil. And um, so I, I was a very cringy uh, militant atheist yeah. at that point. <laughs> um, yeah. So, yeah. That's, yeah. I mean, I think, I think I, I I went through like a similar ish phase, I think. Um, but for me, it, I mean, for me, it was very much not really tempered with or by like personal suffering, but more just like the blatant hypocrisy that sure. anyone with a basic sense of logic arrives at. But like, then like, I just, I mean, the reason that, but the reason that like people like that, I guess, are full of shit though, is that like, at least with the big names, you know, with the Dawkins, the Harrises, the Hitchens, et cetera, like they're not so much new atheists as they are like um, people hiding their Western cultural chauvinism behind secularism um and the same thing the same thing happens on the left it's it's like it's interesting to me that you know um kind of uh cosmopolitan secularism there's right and left-wing iterations and i mean to me the left-wing iteration is you know on the right it's people who are just islamophobes claiming to be secularists whereas on the left it's people who go endlessly to bat to justify um, Salafist, uh, you know, violence or Wahhabist yeah. violence yeah, 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 yeah. because, because it's, because that the, but the rejoinder, their rejoinder is always, well, not all Muslims. And it's like, yeah, but no one's claiming it is all Muslim. Well, I mean, some people some are people, sure, but yeah. like the point isn't, you know, the point isn't, to immediately excuse it's to and the thing i mean what's what's fucking crazy is is too is none of them are smart enough to recognize the fact that like this ideology is like aside from oil you know the kingdom of saudi arabia's chief export so if anything it's not even an anti-islamist stance it's an anti-saudi stance sure you know like and I don't think it should be ridiculous or problematic to, you know, to denounce uh, the Bataclans or the, you know, Pulse nightclubs <laughs> of the world um, and sure. acknowledge that, you know, there there are sectarian specificities. Like if we're going to rail against, 
you know, hypocritical GOP senators who, um, you know, on a Monday vote against, uh, you know, LGBT protections, and then the next they're, you know, blowing some other dude in a Minneapolis airport, then, you know, or then I think, you know, everyone's up for kind of uh, equal no, for sure. Scrutiny. For sure. Yeah. Um, and, and, you know, when I, when I say I used to be a militant atheist, it's not that I'm like any less atheist now. Um, yeah. It's just I, I recognize the, the positions that people are coming from. And, and I do see that a lot on the left where people are like doing backflips to like justify why Islam is, is not that bad versus, you know, other things. And But then at the same time, there's a there's such a quickness to sort of denigrate and denounce you know uh white christians from the flyover states yeah and, exactly i mean yeah. all all i want all i want is i want an equal amount of like materialist skepticism and Absolutely. scrutiny applied yeah. to everyone Absolutely. and all that means is it doesn't mean we have to be tearing people apart all it means is we have to recognize you know that people are the product of their environments and that proposition applies equally for everyone. It's not, you know, I think this this political expediency thing might be kind of the lodestar of the episode. But like, yeah, you know, yeah, we can't yeah. just be materialists when we're looking at people who it's politically expedient to be materialist about, mm. um, you know. And like, I, I think... You, something like that can be talked about, you know, and with regards to pretty much any sort of initiative that is going after um, typically like marginalized people really where it's trying to galvanize marginalized support for like power and like power structures and institutions. I mean, I, yeah, I mean, here I'm kind of pivoting just like general anti DNC corporate Democrat (laughs) shit, but like, you you know what I'm talking, you know, like it's an all encompassing talk, you know, yeah but um yeah i don't know so that's yeah that's just my my riff on the militant atheist phase i think but yeah and and, you know touching on that a little bit that's why why i'm no longer quite as militant as i used to be about it is um you know recognizing you know my own my own walk in this circumstance and you know i i did mission trips i you know I wasn't specifically doing it to spread the gospel, but in some way, you know, I was, I was an arm of that, that project. And, um, just, you know, understanding that, you know, if, if I can change in the way that I did, then, you know, I have to give people that, that chance to, and not be a raging dickhead about it because it wasn't, right. It wasn't, uh, it wasn't Dick Dorkins that convinced me I should be an atheist. It was, uh, it was my own experience with things that, that made me uh, fall out of faith and, and you know, that's that's something I, I see on the left a lot is is holding people's pasts against them as if they they don't mm-hmm. understand that you know you know in, in the same breath that they're saying all these horrible power structures exist uh, they'll be saying you know like oh well you joined the military so you're an evil baby killer kind of thing um, yeah and, sure and sure not sure, recognizing yeah. that you know I had been the subject of propaganda for you know my entire life yeah up to the point where i joined and and you know it was all rooted in, I mean, I in think... christian conservatism um so you know it's like w- without without external input like how was i supposed to know that i was wrong uh, that sort of thing yeah well and i think it just speaks also to the 
you know, the degree to which there are swaths of the dispossessed that it is perfectly acceptable to be horrible to. Um, yeah, I mean, like your your Joel Austin that swath like in this. That, right. Well, like I'm no. What I'm saying oh. is like you know, like visa, like in terms of people like going after anyone who joins the armed forces, you know, as a murderous baby killer, etc. Whatever the fuck, you know. Uh, my point being that, like, you know, assume a number of, I would assume at least half of those people, probably more, are driven there by economic necessity. You know, fresh out of high school you know sign yeah, up and you know ship the, out whatever there's a uh and it's so like uh fuck i'm forgetting i'm blanking on his name but there's a there's a politician in uh west virginia i believe um mm-hmm. who is a former marine and uh he, he rails against uh what he calls like the the poverty propaganda of the military all the time because he's he's a former marine and he feels like you know Mm-hmm. the the impoverished people of america like get specifically targeted by by the military recruitment and it's it's absolutely true because uh people who aren't desperate normally won't put their lives on the line for something that uh you know like nobody right. wants to die you know, on a battlefield really unless there's you know some other like mental anguish going on there <laughs> Um, but yeah, it, is, right, it yeah. is, it is primarily people who, who are poor, um, who have, you know, this religious background, uh, the discussion that we could eventually probably have about the, the military indoctrination and, and the religious, uh, aspects of it, uh, that, that conversation could be like another long one that we eventually go on. Um, obviously I would know more about that than you, but, um, I, I think, mm-hmm. I think somebody hearing about it would have interesting insight uh, to like go, oh man, that's pretty fucking terrible how they do that. <laughs> um, but yeah, 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 there's there's definitely uh, uh, like a, a targeting of of the even with the uh, you know the church in general, I think targets poor people, um, and then asks yeah, them sure. to, to give their it's money. like the lottery. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, and I'm, but you know, like obviously, like there's kind of a dogmatic reason for that in terms of just like, you know, um, kind of palliative care in terms of earthly life, mm-hmm. and then, you know, death and you know rebirth in heaven, whatever being kind of the actual treat, you know. Yeah. Um, which I think is like pretty fucking evil. Um, no, it to certainly kind of is because because you're telling people dangle that carrot way out in front of people. Yeah, you're telling people who are who are poor and desperate that hey, your reward your reward is in heaven. Also, please give us you know ten percent of whatever you make, and um, well, God, right. God will make sure that you're taken care of because of that. And then yeah, that's there there are yeah, and I mean like I... insidious aspects to how the church operates for sure. And that, but it also doesn't, I guess, it doesn't wind up meaning that uh, those people would abstain from political decisions or political life because what they do is they wind up in this, you know, context of the states, you know, backing 
the GOP because the GOP sells them the kind of culture war, yeah. um, you know, grumpy pills that they yeah. want. No, um, I, think, I think while also, go ahead. You know, just dis well, they just disregarding the material issues because it's it it's. I think on the one hand, you know, what what like what black voters are to the DNC, your you know poor whites in Kansas, et cetera, like you know the flyover people waiting for the pearly white gates, you know that's the sort of equivalent for um, for the GOP, the Republicans, yeah. I guess. Yeah. Yeah, and and so you know it it is important that we. Uh... You know, I'm, I'm not saying don't uh, don't resist, uh, you know, spirituality and faith or anything like that. There, there are very prominent uh, uh, Christian, uh, well, like uh, Cornell West, you know, he's an excellent mm -hmm. uh, motivator and uh, speaker and, and very important person to, to the leftist movement, I think. But he's he's still a Christian. And so, you know, there's. And that's not to say that like um, we should just welcome people of faith all the time, uh, but there there is an insidious nature to the faith, and um, being able to identify, you know, what what is useful to fight against, uh, and what is what is you know acceptable, I guess. Um, yeah, I'm not sure where I was going yeah. with that thought necessarily, but you know, not. I'm, what, what I'm trying to say I mean, is, I think you know, I'm, I'm not saying just accept everybody's faith, uh, or or sure reject it wholly, but like understand what the what the difference. Is. I think if anything, go ahead. They, well, but they also kind of provide a pretty instructive example of like organizing and building um, yeah, yeah. solidarity. Well, you know, and and, and I think that you know. Being ecumenical is something that the left lacks right now because it's so, it certainly it's, does, yeah. the, you know, purity is demanded of everyone. It's not, it's not really coalitional, like solidary ecumenical work. It's, you know, here's dogma and that's, that's it, you know. Yeah. Like, For sure. Yeah. Yeah. That's what, that's the, that's the line. That's what you're going to go out and say, et cetera. Yeah, no, and it's it's been kind of troubling to me to see a lot of the rhetoric that's flying around right now with with like, yeah, we should have standards of you know what what people believe and and you know what what people do in the pursuit of you know like a better, um, better material condition for everybody, um, but you know. Uh, not to not to go too far away from the subject, but you know you've got a lot of leftists that are like screaming at uh, uh, junior Congress people for not immediately getting us some kind of socialist uh, uh, return of of uh, electing them, sort of thing. You know, like and yeah, you know, you'll you'll see a, a lot of people like rejecting people like Cornell West because he he has his Christian faith and. Um, yeah, there's there's a there's a there's a dogma going around lately. I think in leftist circles, and I I keep getting myself run out of all these leftist fake Facebook groups because I'm like arguing against it and like 
trying to tell mm. people that maybe having a little bit more of an open tent is not a bad idea if we want actual change and um right yeah so you know i yeah i, I agree with you on on that um the the ecumenical parts of, of leftism that are being like ignored a lot of times yeah um yeah well, I where think, are we going now? Yeah, I think we kind of hit a dead end in our talk. Maybe uh, I think this was a good introduction to to the conversation. Um, I think there's there's more yeah. we can obviously talk about, but I think this is a good introduction. We yeah, can... I mean, I think it would be cool to do kind of like a. I mean, like you know, if we did something that was kind of like uh, going through like evangelical upbringing. Sure. Yeah. Especially yeah. as it kind of shapes like political subjectivity, I think would be interesting. Just yeah. in terms of like, you know, approaching being like, I guess like it, it, to me, like the difference, I guess, is just the way in which like fellowship is important in that mm -hmm. kind of upbringing, but that's not really a Catholic thing. It's just kind of like going to church for Catholics is really just kind of a, a social function, like yeah yeah I've noticed that saying, about, for... about catholics I, you know i my my partner grew up in a catholic uh family and uh went to catholic school and um you know uh i i attended uh christmas mass with them once and i was you know it's mm -hmm. it's it's so much of a of a different experience uh like it's it's just kind of yeah. like a, a ritual that uh catholics seem to just go through like they don't go to church any other time except for just Christmas masses when they go. Um, whereas like a Protestant and especially an evangelical Protestant would see that as like uh, some sort of religious failing that you're not going to church every, every week or, you know. Oh yeah, absolutely. Yeah. It's complete. Yeah. Because it's about, you know, that personal connection with God that, you know, is you know, and Catholicism is very much brokered by the the church. Yeah, no, brokered by the church. And, and but and it's, it's also like into the the faith that you know you go through saints. Yeah, to, yeah, yeah. Well, yeah, exactly. Yeah, I mean that's yeah, but yeah, I mean if we want to save that kind of like nitty gritty stuff yeah, yeah. for a no, later... I think uh, I think this was a good introduction. Like I said when we were talking about this this uh, conversation before, I think it would be a good idea for us to to have a series of talks about this and we can we can get into more specific details uh, later on um, i think yeah. this, this was a good introduction to uh the conversation in general though so cool i appreciate your time today um and, yeah uh, i'm looking forward to other talks that we have in the future um i'm gonna post this up uh i'm gonna do a little bit of editing uh, not not removing cool. any part of the conversation just uh, uh formatting it for proper viewing i guess um and then i'll be posting that up and it'll be linked on the uh the instagram and i'll post it on my facebook as well um so thank you for your time jacob i hope you have a pleasant rest of your day um and i look forward to the future